0: Companion, this is episode 212. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam
1: Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry.
0: And today we're discussing Voyager's fourth season episodes Nemesis, Revulsion, and The Raven. Here we go.
1: Nemesis Season 4, Episode 4, Production Code 171. Original air date, September 24th, 1997. Directed by Alexander Singer, written by Kenneth Biller, music composed by David Bell. Guest cast include Michael Mohannon as Brone, Matt E. Levin as Rafin, Nathan Anderson as Naaman, Booth Coleman as Pino, Megan Murphy as Caria, Terrence Evans as Ambassador Treen, Peter Vogt as Commandant, Pancho Demings as Creighton Soldier, and Marilyn
2: Fox as Bory Woman. Jakote's shuttle has been shot down, leaving him stranded alone on a jungle planet. He is captured by troops of humanoid species known as the Vori, led by Bron. but they appear to release him when they determine he is not of the Nemesis. Jakote and Vori look for his shuttle the next day and encounter two of the Nemesis. They are known as the Cadian, who are fierce and technologically advanced humanoids. I'm sorry about what happened to Naaman. The Nemesis has nullified mine and ours in the before, and will in the now.
0: But in the soon after, we'll send them flying from this sphere. Adam, kick us off on Nemesis's.
2: <laughs> Nemesis's. Okay, Nemesis's. I kind of feel like we saw this episode not long ago. I guess, you know, way back in the day when. You know, you had you know four months in between you know seasons. Um, it might have been a little bit different, but um, I don't know. It had something to say. I don't know. I just didn't feel anything kind of um, original from the episode. I mean, you know, Jacoté crashes. He gets involved with a um, species on that planet that it's that's involved in a um, you know kind of a fight for their li- their lives. Like I said, I kind of felt like we saw this episode not long ago with the Borg um, when he was on that um, semi-Borg planet. Um, like I said, it's kind of there. I mean, like I said, it has things to say, you know, he's, you know, he's, he sees the oppression, um, put on these species and, uh, you know, he, um, he, you know, and the same oppression starts to be put onto him and, you know, he kind of joins the, the rebel fight. Um, then we kind of get a twist on it. They're really the enemy in the end. And, and, um, you know, so that I guess it's kind of different, um. I I'm, to be honest with you, I was kind of bored watching this episode. um
0: I thought this episode was so boring that I was I was like falling just falling asleep, trying to write about it yeah. in my notes. yeah, I was like bored as I was writing. That's how boring it was. I didn't yeah,
2: I wouldn't say it's like a bad episode or anything like that. I can't like it's too
0: boring to be bad,
2: yeah, I mean but yeah, I was kind of bored with it. It's like there wasn't anything kind of original, and like I said we just we kind of saw this episode not long ago. With, Ch- with Chakotay, even. They didn't even switch up the characters.
1: I think Too Boring to Be Bad would be a great album title. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think, yeah, I, I, like, I like that Chakotay is featured in an episode because we get that so rarely, and that's cool. But um, I think they could have lost the tiresome language. Man, that just drives me nuts at some point. I, I mean, it's like... Multiple first thing I- times in my notes, I wrote "ug." I would like just quote something they said and then write "ug." yeah yeah i mean i think uh if i was chakotay the first thing i would do is tweak my universal translator it's on the fritz here something's wrong because it's (laughs) this this isn't crazy um i think i think also what kind of makes it boring is it's kind of it, it just gets the it's the same old same old i mean you get the point at some point what's going on and i think it also you know it does have something to say but i think that um it may be a little too on the nose and when they start really just you know, the awful things they're saying about their enemy, and they get so intense about it that it, you, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to know, not, you know, having seen it before, of course, you know, we know what's going to happen, but it's, it's hard to know without knowing that, or do you see where this is going, and is this a brainwashing thing, and all this kind of business, but, um, and there's also the feasibility of it too it seems like a, quite a thorough brainwashing and a quite an inefficient way to recruit people because you got to go through this routine for one person with a whole bunch of people i mean you have a lot of people to spare to do this i mean i guess it's some kind of holographic thing but the you know the resources involved and taking all this time for one person is just i don't know it's um yeah i don't think it's it's awful but it it is kind of guitar. guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some tiresome Um, elements for sure.
2: um, I had down on my notes like so. Towards the end, you know, he was with the same people that. Because so so apparently that last battle, that was real, but it seemed like it was with the same characters he'd been with through the entire episode. So I didn't. I mean, I don't know if that was just an oversight or that just kind of went with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work to get somebody brainwashed so they can just hold a gun and shoot into a forest or something. I don't know. It
0: started off like. Chicoté sits down with that whatever young guy, and he says, "There might be some crate out there who's more terrified of you than you are of him." And it just reminded me, and I was like, "What the hell do you know, Chicoté? You just got here. You don't know any of these people." It was <laughs> yeah. one of those things where, like, I've thought that before about Chicoté. Just immediately, you know, the assumptions he makes about it. But at least this episode goes into a direction where, you know, they try to actually have him change his mind about something but then we just find out he's being brainwashed anyway and it's okay god this I just thought this I remember this episode being boring at the time and I don't understand the people that like the people that worked on this one the writer you know they thought oh it, it's pretty good it turned out great oh man this episode. <laughs> oh god it's like this episode is ambient man <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know it's like Chakotay starts to fathom because the dead people's heads are pointing up. At some point, it's like, what? What, what is, this, is this going? What? Is, what? No, I just I don't have much to say about this episode except that I don't care for it. No,
2: yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we're all on the same same line there. I didn't even quite understand what the conflict between the two was at the end. The two. Uh, the,
0: I don't think they really tell us. No. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a bit cliched too.
1: I mean, it's like, okay, first off, there's there's no makeup on those guys, right? I mean, they're just a little human, right? So that would kind of struck me like, what's the deal? They just look like humans, and the other ones are done up to look like
2: monsters, predator
1: much. or something. You know, I mean, it's it's really extreme. That's
0: I mean, this is a dumb thing, but they look too much like Nosikans. Yeah, I thought yeah, they were Nosikans. The yeah,
1: they do look. Yeah. like Nausikans. So, yeah, it's almost like this is this is a a story that we've heard this message or we've seen this message told in television before many times and and better and not so boring. I mean, there's the famous Twilight Zone episode that's only half hour long that did this 30 years prior to this or at least or whatever, you know, with the um, surgery and what people look like and all that kind of thing to some extent. I I don't know. It's just it's just if you're going to do something that's this kind of thing and it and it's a little same old same old cliche you, but do it in a different way and make it exciting i guess you know not to not to be hard
0: so it. so doing it's not different if they go you'll tend me won't you close your glimpses Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the you know I, I bet you anything that's the notion
1: it's like they wrote this whole thing out it's like you know what this is just uh, something we've heard before let's just goof up their language or something i don't know i hope not but... is it about
2: anything all right, real quick. I just—they probably shouldn't let Chakotay go out in a shuttle anymore because every time he goes out in a shuttle, he <laughs> gets in trouble. I mean, it's—it's it's like, no, nope, Chakotay, you're gonna stay here. No shuttle for you. Is the episode about anything? I guess it's about the brutality of war and, um,
1: perhaps the senselessness of it. I mean, the the biases that exist, you know.
2: And I guess some um, other things. Um, not everything is what it appears to be. I mean, you know. I guess at the end, it also kind of had like, um, you shouldn't hold on to prejudices against your enemy. I don't know, because it kind of, at the very end the scene, you know, he can't talk to that ambassador. He kind of has to walk out the room. I don't know. Those are just kind of, a, I, I don't think any, I don't think they, there's anything pinpoint, but I think those are the kind of things that was trying to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's in, in a broad, it's a broad sense. In a broad sense, they're talking about the uh biases that exist in war and uh, the the inherent brainwashing of the whole thing and to some extent the senselessness of it you know because ultimately you know they don't tell what they're fighting over and it doesn't make any difference because a lot of times in in war you end up not knowing what the what started the whole thing so and those are those are good messages to convey i just think that it this didn't do it in a particularly original way and it was it was tiresome so
0: All right, let's do 6 degrees for Nemesis. Nathan Anderson plays Nemon, Nemon, the fighter that doesn't last long escorting Chakotay to his downed shuttle. In the first two episodes of Enterprise's 3rd season, he played Mako Sergeant N Kemper. What does Mako stand for?
2: Mako are the um are the inventory. Yeah, you're probably looking for the acronym, right? The-
0: yes i didn't mean like
2: what they do <laughs> what no, is- no i just realized that when i started saying make out can for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. you're, you're looking to see what the acronyms what for, is what does m a c o yeah um, i you know what i don't know
1: steve uh, i'm racking my brain gosh um shoot I don't, I, I'm I'm going to throw out something just because I can't think of anything, but something like military
0: attache, command operative. <laughs> I don't know. You're not close enough for the point, but you're kind of close. It's military assault command operations. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Steve. Yep. Yeah. In 2006, Anderson played Sheriff Powell in the horror thriller feature *Greed*. What super famous podcast host was the assistant editor on that amazing movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm. wouldn't be brian williams would it be
0: you
2: got it uh-huh. that's right oh. nice. <laughs> way to throw yourself in there first.
0: <laughs> I, I remember um the line producer because they w- that movie was funny because completely finished the movie. I went to set a little bit and stuff. I usually did when I was assistant editor just for fun, but completely finished the movie. And then the movie came up like really short running time wise. They wrote this entire like B storyline where the cop, where they just like, they're cutting back to the sheriff, you know, chasing after the killer. And it's completely, you know, uh, wasn't shot during principal photography. And then that was where they had this guy Anderson play the sheriff. So his, role in the movie even though it looks like he's just as significant as everybody else it was completely done during the pickups so i didn't go to set them but anyway i remember the line producer coming up to me and saying you know we got this idea we're gonna add on these other scenes and the guy we're gonna we're thinking about casting was in star trek and i know you're a big star trek fan and i and i want to know with this would this guy, would you want to see this movie? Because this Star Trek guy was in it. I'm like, who, who?
2: No, I'm not sure that uh, putting his face on the box (laughs) would get me a Star Trek fan too. So did you explain to him the concept of a red shirt? You know, the throwaway... um...
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So Steve has two... No, Steve has one. Moving on.
1: Revulsion, Season 4, Episode 5, Production Code 173, Original Air Date October 1st, 1997. Directed by Kenneth Viller, written by Lisa Klink, music composed by David Bell. Guest cast include Leland
2: Orser as DeGerran. The crew is sitting in the mess hall for a celebration in honor of Tuglock, who is promoted to Lieutenant Commander. Tom Paris catches up with Lana Torres. The two haven't talked since the incident with the warp Corps three days earlier, and Tom decides to make his move. Shortly after the party ends, Voyager receives a distress call sent by an unknown ship. A hologram alone aboard the ship. His six flesh-blooded crew members have been killed, and he requests assistance. To any vessels within
1: range, I hope this message reaches you. I'm an HD25 isomorphic projection. There's been an accident. My crew is dead.
0: I'm alone. Please help me. Steve, kick us off on revulsion.
1: Yeah, Um. so uh, this one. I think the issue I have with this one is that from the get-go, we know what's going on, and it all becomes this kind of parade of when are the others going to find out? And I mean, I don't think, I think it's an interesting idea. The, um, you know, the hologram that's twisted and kills everybody and so on. But I, um, I don't know. I don't know that it, it, it gets kind of, I mean, it's all drawn out for this. We, we know what's going on. I think we know from the get go that, that he did this thing. Um, how are they going to evade this guy? What are they going to do? Um, the the banter between the holograms, okay, you know, two holographic entities talking, that's interesting, I suppose. I mean, the the, the advances that are made in the in the B stories, I guess, are more interesting. We have the uh, you know uh, Paris and Torres kissing, and um, Kim and Seven, and all that's going on. But I mean, it feels like all you know, it's like we got to fill up this episode with stuff like that because there's not enough other stuff and we're dragging it out a little bit so i mean i don't think it's awful but i think it's kind of um predictable and they have to fill it up with these
0: other things a little what bit. if instead of opening with what's his name DeJaron, leland mm-hmm. orchard's character right isomorphic guy instead of opening with him like dragging a body or whatever if they just left that out and it just yeah. opened you know he sends his distress signal or, or, there receives it. I mean, if that whole, that whole teaser just wasn't there It open some other way. Yeah. I don't, I mean, the teaser, I mean, we would have probably known, yeah, there, there's something going on, but there would have been, it would have been more interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. I don't, I don't understand why they did that in this case.
0: Torres is in that, is in the lower decks and she sees those, those uh, bodies, right? We're Hopefully not we have surprised. Out. We knew, we knew yes. about that. You know, yes. if, if, if we were scared, that would have been a scary moment, but it wasn't because, yeah. Yeah. We and knew, it, but it would, and it would have been such a simple change. Just don't do that. Right. thing, Right. I can't help,
1: but think that, that maybe they thought they were being clever by, Hey, this is one of these that maybe can benefit from, Hey, the audience is in on it. I mean, because there, there are instances where knowing something before the rest of the, you know, the characters in the movie is interesting you know and it becomes about how it happened but this isn't one of those cases i mean we don't gain anything from learning how it happened we don't really care i mean this guy did all sorts of gruesome stuff to these people i mean how it transpired they don't we don't care and they don't tell the story so why show that ahead of time i don't understand why they did that
0: yeah Uh, adam some of your first thoughts
2: yeah i kind of agree um you know the story it's not um i mean you know as far as the episodes go I i would rank this one second amongst the three um but i agree with steve i mean the story the a story is kind of unremarkable it's not uninteresting but um i agree with the point that we didn't you know it probably would have been better if they would have flipped that around so i agree with both you guys um oddly enough i do enjoy certain scenes in this episode i enjoyed the banter early on between um taurus and the doctor i'm kind of going back and forth when they first you know when they're when they get to the when they're on the shuttle you know i enjoyed the pantry you know about you know the the relationship stuff um i enjoyed the scenes with um seven and harry kim they were awkwardly funny um obviously the the scene in the mess hall where she you know is like okay let's you know basically okay let's do it take your clothes off it's amusing um the scene, um, the scene with Tom Paris and Harry Kim was amusing. It just Tom Paris is, it feels like Tom's just kind of setting them up. There is like, oh, really? So you know, so I enjoyed scenes in this episode, but I mean, they're kind of like not part of the a story. They're not—they don't really drive the the plot forward. So I think it goes back to what Steve said. You know, you do kind of have some character movement in this episode, but um, yeah, it doesn't really have anything to do with the actual main plot of the um episode.
0: Well, I'll say this: um, Leland Orser is so good, and he, well, he's so. It's more like he's perfectly cast. He does this kind of thing really well. Remember that Alien movie? Sure. He he, he does those kind of care these kind of characters <laughs> really well. And I think he's so good in this episode, and actually, like his dialogue is is well written. I don't know the thing about the fish or something, you know, you're talking about, the, he likes the fish and I don't know. There's, there's a lot of moments where I think, well, this, this is good writing, you know? Um, but just, yeah, it's like some, just the overall structure and stuff gets in its own way. But anyway, his performance is so good. Uh, some of those, some of the lines are so good and stuff that I enjoy it like moment to moment, you know, it, it keeps me watching. It's not, uh, it's not like, um, Oh, I don't know. Nemesis. <laughs>
2: no no i yeah. agree yeah the the you know the performances are strong in the episode They really are um yeah i, I don't have a problem with that you know the doc like i said the, doc, the doctor and bolana's time together was fun they have a good um repertoire back and forth so yeah um yeah and you're right he was really good playing a psycho but i think going back to what steve said they they didn't need to give it away as early as they did how do you descend, like you know this this random ship that calls out a distress call you just send like a hologram and one other person to the ship and then like take off to the other part of the you know i know it kind of moves the story. yeah no
0: i agree it's like just two people and one of them you were just saying shouldn't be off the ship yeah that 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 was a little bit weird Mm -hmm. i mean this whole thing this wouldn't have happened if voyager had just been right there right yeah they went there and with it yeah yeah i think it's kind of interesting the idea of an of a hologram dude that has like a phobia about germs that's funny (laughs) right right that's fun this whole concept of him like that's one thing i'll say maybe maybe the direction in much the way we're talking about they should have held certain things in the story back that scene when he that he has fairly early on with Bellana, where he really seems to flip out And and he backs off my apologies i've acquired some hostility toward organics you're watching that and maybe it's just cuz we saw the bodies at the beginning but you know you're watching that and you're just like Torres either get the hell off that ship or criminally deactivate him right she but she seems to be okay
2: <laughs>
0: you know she's like oh, I need to investigate this further but she shouldn't she should be like you know let's blow up the ship or something yeah. right right eh. is this episode about
2: anything um, kind of what I had the theme for the kind of the episode. I mean, perceptions aren't what you what you would seem they are. So I mean, you know, with Kim, you know, he thinks he's going to be, you know, making um, seven uncomfortable by kind of you know trying to date her. Where it, and it kind of flips on him. And the kind of the same the perceptions are. You know, you go to this ship, you have this hologram. You know, you think he's probably benign, crazy, but he ends up being a murderous hologram bot. So. Um, it's kind of what, that's kind of what I got. I don't know if that's on the nose. What did you get, Steve?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with that. I think back to where we started all this, um, what you pointed out, Brian, about the uh, opening scene. I, I really think that's a, that's the crux of the problem in this. I don't think it like makes this episode either awful or great, you know, the inclusion or, um, absence of that scene, but it does take away that whole notion of the, uh, you know, we all, we definitely know what's coming all the time because otherwise I think there's, there's some good things here. I mean, the, you know, the B stories are tied together. I mean, Paris is in sick bay because the doctor's on that ship and he has the conversation to help Kim through this issue with seven. And then there's also the time with Bellana, all that stuff, it all connects. And it's, you know, that, that's cool. Um, but I, I agree with Adam in terms of what some of the uh, themes they're trying to convey. Yeah.
0: All right, let's do six degrees for revulsion. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Leland Orser plays Dajaran, the isomorph that has different motivations than Voyager's hologram. In DS9's third season in the episode, the die is cast. He did not play a Romulan. What species was he? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Was he... Cardassian? No. Adam? Bajoran? No. When I tell you the answer, you'll understand why I worded the question the way I did and how I was hinting. A changeling.
2: Wow. Remember, he's the
0: Romulan that's really a changeling that helps out Odo. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, Adam, in Enterprise, Orser played Loomis, a human on Earth in the past hired to help aliens capture... Humans in the episode Carpenter Street. What season was that?
2: Enterprise. Um, I'm gonna say season. I'm gonna say season three, but I think I'm wrong.
0: Yes, season three. Saying, it was yeah. the Zindi that we're trying to <laughs> yeah. All right, it's one to one. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Moving on.
1: The Raven, Season 4, Episode 6, Production Code 174, Original Air Date October 8, 1997, Directed by LeVar Burton, Story by Brian Fuller and Harry Clorer, Teleplay by Brian Fuller, Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Richard J. Zobel Jr. as Galman, Mickey Cotrell as Dumas, David Anthony Marshall as Magnus Hansen, Nikki Tyler as Aaron Hansen,
2: and Erica Lynn Bryan as Annika Hansen. <laughs> 7 begins having flashbacks or hallucinations involving Borg and a strangely large black bird. The doctor diagnoses her with post-traumatic stress disorder. He decides to help her move forward by starting her on a diet of real food. Neelix prepares her first meal to start on and coaches her on the basics of chewing and swallowing suddenly she she is struck by another vision and a Borg implant grows from her skin she jumps up and threatens to assimilate Neelix I will not assimilate you once I have returned to the collective you will go back to Voyager and tell Captain Janeway what's happened to me thank her for her patience for her kindness Curious, your behavior demonstrates affection and sentiment, traits of humanity. Hardly Borg.
0: Adam, you were saying this is your favorite of the day. Tell us why. What's um, this
2: one? Well, it's kind of funny when I was looking at the list. I'm like, hey, you know, I didn't remember really liking Raven. I'm like, oh, this is where they go back to their ship. And I'm like, I don't know. I just can't. I wasn't like, you know, some episodes you let you see, you're like, you, you kind of remember, you're like, oh, I remember liking that one. Oh, I didn't remember like it. When for some reason, I remember not liking this episode. So it was kind of watching it. And I'm like, I was, you know, like, Oh, I, this is kind of a good episode. I did kind of like it. I mean, you know, you get a lot of, um, you get a lot of seven in this, you get a lot of her background, you know, I think, um, you know, they kind of use an you know, an old Western story and I'm, you know, I'm sure this actually happened back in the, um, the Prairie days, you know, where, you know, children were, were taken by, you know, natives and, you know, raised and that kind of thing. And this is kind of feels like the same kind of storyline. Um, Obviously for seven, it's a lot, it's a lot more brutal. It might be because I also watched Dancing with Wolves not too long ago. Um So it's kind of that storyline, that premise, you know, she's a young child, she's captured by the Borg and they, you know, they turn her into, into a Borg. We got, we got that early on in her character introduction. Um, what we didn't get was kind of, you know, how it happened. And, um, you know, we get a lot of this in this episode. Um, I kind of would have liked um, um, kind of the drawbacks of the episode. I kind of would have liked maybe a little bit more of her background, maybe more flashbacks of her childhood, that kind of thing. I think we get a, long, a lot of long drawn out, you know, like she's escaping from the, the ship and, you know, they're chasing her down. There's a little bit of a mystery aspect to that. But I think um, I think they could have balanced it out a little bit more with some more background on her.
0: Steve, your first thoughts? I certainly
1: remember this episode and I, 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 like to get the background on seven and so forth. That's interesting. Um, I, I li- I think I like it fine. I don't think it struck me really. I mean, it's not like it feels like this is a fantastic episode, but I do think it's a good episode for, uh, learning a bit about her background and seeing what she's capable of and seeing the, the, the conflict still exists in terms of her presence even on the ship um and the threat that you know could you know that she she presents you know even existing on that ship and what she can do so that's a good reminder um yeah i uh i i do think i do think the story the background story is you know it's emotional because imagining you know a child being you know this happening to a child and then being just kind of ripped their humanity ripped from them and so on it's that's an emotional thing i I do think that part of the story is is uh is quite something and touching um i don't know
0: i think this episode would have been more effective a little bit later Mm -hmm. like it would have been more interesting if this had been in the middle of the season
2: or yeah, I kind of agree with you, Brian. I was surprised, you know, when I got into this episode, I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is a lot earlier than I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, she has that line, Tuvok, where she's like, no, I, I will not assimilate you. Um, And I, I don't know. I just felt like we're taking the... We're taking so much away from her so soon. I don't know. Like, she's, she's immediately... Um, there should be mystery and she should be more threatening. And uh, this is a great opportunity for all of that. And then we're just immediately having her run around the ship saying, Papa, you know, it's just too soon, I guess, is what I'm saying. This episode feels like it it would have been the exact same episode would have been better a little later. That said, uh, I like this episode. I think it feels... um, I don't know. Compared to the other two episodes today, this one feels ref- like refreshingly focused. You know, uh, it has a very specific idea, and it and every scene it feels like it's um, you know in service of that idea. Um, doesn't really feel like there's any fat or anything. I like that that scene between her and Neelix, which is I think their first scene together. Really, I. Uh, it's they're they're fun together you know they go from funny to when he's doing his little bit about like uh just like a little scout ship flying into a shuttle bay teaching her how to eat (laughs) it's funny but then you know in the same scene it goes to uh scary and she knocks him over and i I don't know I, i like this episode i do i think it's good
2: i think it's kind of a testament to um you know, the character Seven and, you know, Jerry and and the writing, because, you know, we talked about this a couple of, either the last episode or a couple episodes ago, you know, like, you know, you know, having Casley bringing Seven in, you know, and, you know, kind of as, you know, for ratings and it's a ploy, but, you know, the more we kind of learn, you know, it's a very well-crafted character with depth and it's an interesting storyline. And, you know, and I like Jerry Ryan's, you know, approach to it. It's quite Borg. It's kind of, vulcan you know but um you kind of see some innocence in her so i think she does it really well um i couldn't help but think you know, weirdly enough i couldn't help but think i like of um they're not the same character but in Battlestar, the character six it's six seven i'm like i wonder if we would add six if we didn't have seven but anyway that's another discussion but mm-hmm. yeah i mean i you know i'm i'm looking forward to seeing more of um, yeah of seven and, and the storylines that they they have, for her. I mean, yeah. where we where we had a problem with Kes is they didn't have anything to do with her. We've had this. I don't want to get all into it because we already had this discussion. But I mean, it's cool because we get another character that they kind of they have a have something to do with her, and you know they have things to write for her and, and portray and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and and she's she's good. You know, Jerry Ryan is good. I, I you speaking saying she's a little. Oh, maybe just a little bit of Vulcan-y. I, I thought that scene with her and Tuvok, which is kind of their first solo scene together. They play well together. Yeah. Is is uh this episode about anything?
2: Um, well I mean, you know, the obvious themes are, you know, like um finding yourself, um, dealing with your your past traumas. In the present so they don't um overcome you and make you freak out so i mean that's kind of what they're to me that's a psychological thing you know her hallucinations and her her trauma were were coming out into her conscious consciousness so kind of to me it's like you have to you have to deal with past trauma and and things of that nature to be able to move forward in a productive way in life
1: yeah i agree with that i also think that one's past is almost like an irresistible force you know you you if you have some kind of sign that you can find something out about that, and subsequently find out something about yourself, it's you have to you have to find that out. You have to research that and, and follow through to, in order to, like you said, move move forward to to straighten it all out, to get it in your head, and move forward from there. So, yeah, I like it.
0: All right, let's do six degrees for the Raven. The score is one to one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Adam, you going first or second?
2: I'll go second.
0: Steve, Ooh. Mickey Cuttrell plays Duma, one of the aliens. that you not want Voyager in their space? In next gen's fifth season, he played Chancellor Ulrich in the episode where Fam Kajansen slash plays Kamala and falls in love with Picard. Name that episode. Oh jeez. I just like the name of that episode. Uh, is it the gift? No. Oh, Adam? I
2: I should I should know the name of this episode. Just I think, think of...
0: what would Fam be? Um, she would only be.
2: Yeah, I want to say that. Remember now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Steve, you say you remember now?
0: The perfect mate. Yeah,
2: Adam. David
0: Marshall plays Seven's daddy. When did we last see him play her daddy?
2: Doesn't he come back in season seven?
0: I'm talking about the actor who plays her daddy in this episode. We've previously seen him play her daddy in what episode?
2: Be... I just remember him coming back later on in the, you know. Different actor. Back. Um, I don't know, the Scorpion part two?
0: You got it, Scorpion yeah. part two. Uh, I'm going to give Perfect Mate to Steve, and oh, then fine. that means you guys tied for the day. How's that? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that way, everybody gets a medal. Everybody wins. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: all right. We're in it now, man. We're in the fourth season. We're watching seven of nine episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Would you believe that I've been so busy in the last week that I have not watched Discovery Season 2 yet? Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? Who would have guessed it? But yes, I'm too busy. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be watching it this week. So I'm going to. So. But uh, Steve, just in a few words, were you happy? Um, oh, I'm, sound hesitant
1: there. Well, I, I wasn't unhappy. All right. I, you know, I, I'm kind of just middle, you know. All right. All fine.
2: right. Okay. On a side note, I've been enjoying the Orville, which neither of you two watch and should.
0: I would like to watch Orville. If I could just change a day to have twenty five hours instead of twenty four, then I would watch. Orville. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, the Orville's goofy, um, but it's it's it feels like next gen. That's the that's the way he's got it set up. Just the the rhythm and pattern of the shows. You know, you have an A, you have the A and B story. Anyway, I think you guys would enjoy it. There's some goofy stuff in it, but cool. Um, and I did real quick, and I did show you they have had two doctors in one of the last episodes.
0: That's that was cool. Uh, let's see. So you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Trek Companion. Our Twitter handle is at Trek Companion. And you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next three episodes of Voyager's fourth season. Thank you for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy.
2: Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.